Snowball Spark. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now here's the be-all, end-all, know-it-all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good Monday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports, right here on 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. It's a Monday, so we'll hear from uh, Jim Traber at 9.30. Good thing there's nothing to talk about in the world of sports. I don't know what uh, what we'll ask him. Somebody ask us, like last week, what do you guys do when... High school sports comes to an end, and there's really nothing going on. There's a lot going on. There's always something there's going always on. There's always something going on. So we'll uh, visit with Jim at 9.30. Hit the PGA Championship. Man, what a weekend. I got to go back. I was unable to watch it live. I went back and watched some of it uh, this morning and last night. Just an awesome event. And I, I my question to everybody out there and to you will be, 15 years from now, 20 years from now, will this be remembered as the Brooks Kepka's third PGA championship win? Or will this be remembered as the Michael Block PGA? Just, I mean, two like incredible stories side by side from over the weekend. So we'll hit the, we'll hit the PGA and then uh, we'll see what Jared did this weekend. Looking at his face, I'm going to say he did the same thing I did. Sit yeah. out in the sun all weekend. 225-9698 is the phone of the text line. 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text. We can talk about any of those things. Obviously, the NBA playoffs uh, winding down to the finals, it looks like, with uh, some surprising uh, results, in, in, at least with the domination by the teams. Uh, in the NHL, man, what a perfect, perfect, perfect time for the NHL conference finals to be going like they are, opposite of the NBA. Yep. I mean, a perfect time to have four out of four games so far go into at least one overtime, yeah. if not multiple overtime. So it's been fascinating in the in the NHL. Softball, cowboy, cowgirl softball, it's, uh, it's a fun time here as we move toward the month of June. If you're going to be outside the listening area, a couple ways to stay in touch with the show. You can log on to KADSAM.com. You can download the app. Paragon app is free, and it's got everything. It has got radio. It has got the Penny News. Brand new edition of the Penny News hits the website at midnight. The Penny News, or not this midnight, I guess it's Wednesday morning. ThePennyNews.com. Oh, yeah. We could also talk about why Brittany Griner's return wasn't a sellout. Honestly, I don't want to talk about that. Who's the sellout, though? Two two five nine six nine eight is the phone or the text line. All right, Jared, how was your weekend? Oh, very busy, very busy. It was, it was fun though. How was yours? Same. Felt like I well, I did. I spent basically all day at the baseball field yesterday. Got there about one, a little after one, and left just a little bit before nine. Now the good news is that means your team played well. Yeah. But it was a it was a long day at the ball field. Sometimes, that's for sure. Or sometimes that means 
you lose one and have to play a lot. Yeah, not anymore. Not on <laughs> not on our side. Single elimination over there. Oh, absolutely, with, yeah. because of the pitching rules and all that. Yeah, yeah, those days are over. Yeah, yeah, we yeah we uh, I barely saw our house. <laughs> it was just go home, go to bed, get up, and go back to the fields. But it was it was fun. It was a fun weekend. A lot of good good softball over there. So how did the uh, did did they both play? Yeah, both children. Yeah, the uh, Katie's team. Man, they went up against a lot of U trip teams. Those travel teams. So that's the idea. You know, you want to get them against some good pitching and uh, good quality opponents. Um, and they did okay. They got to the semis on Sunday and um, uh, eventually bowed out to I think the runner up which is the Southwest yeah. Impact. It has a lot of local uh, kids on that team, and uh, it's fun to go up against them. And uh, But they got a couple wins out of the deal, got a tie out of one of them with a really good team uh, out of the city area. Uh, so, you know, a good quality at-bats for all the kids. And then the 8U, they uh, uh, got all the way to the finals and um, fell to the Moreland team. That's pretty good, hit the ball pretty well. But they gave a fight and um, couldn't ask for any more, so – it was long. We were there from 9A to, I don't remember, I'm fried, <laughs> both days. So, But um, girls had fun, and uh, that's the whole idea, have fun and get better. So, and it was a perfect. It was. The oh weather was gosh. awesome. You know, I wasn't here Friday. My brother-in-law's in town. So it yeah, took, you, took you picked the worst of the three days to play golf. No, I didn't. I went at, We went at – the right time around nine thirty. Yeah, you did. It wasn't near as nice any time on Friday well, okay. as it was of Saturday the three night. Days, yeah, of the three that's days. what I'm talking about. I see what you're saying. Yeah, but I know what you're where you're going because Friday at what time was it when that cold front came in? Yeah, the wind picked up at what two or three see, o'clock or so. We we got eighteen in. Once we got to the back nine, those clouds were rolling in. You could feel that that wind hit, but it wasn't cool yet. Mm-hmm. And. Um, so it was convenient because I could blame the wind on my bad score. But um, once we got off the course, we went and got a bite and in there for about an hour. Once we stepped out, boom, 20-degree difference, and the wind was there. I mean, it was cold. I told my brother-in-law, I said, we golfed at the perfect time because when we got there, that front nine, it was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, there was uh, – but then Saturday, so we got to play two games back-to-back. Why got to play two games back-to-back – Early, like at noon, and then at one or one thirty or whatever, mm-hmm. and so I left the the fields at like three on Saturday, and went to went straight to the first tee, and you want to talk about a perfect oh I bet evening. By the time we played the front nine, watched the horse race, then played the back nine, and by the time we got to the back nine, I mean the flags were, I mean not even moving. Yeah, and it wasn't hot, but it wasn't cool. You don't get very many of those days, and you don't get two in a row very often. Nah. The way that it happened this weekend is both days were just yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. By the way, my brother-in-law is from Colorado. You know, I knew he was coming for about a month, so he said, hey, man, take the day off. Let's do something. So, well, let's go golf. Bring your clubs. I mean, he raved and raved about that golf course. It's yeah. been a bit since I've played it, <clears throat> admittedly. I've been to other courses around, but it's been a minute since I've been out to Elk City. It is it is up it is i mean the rain helps you know it was oh, yeah. it was you know a little spongy in places and that's understandable because it rained the night before but uh grass was green and uh, everything greens were perfect and and he raved about it it's uh so it, do I. it's amazing how fast 
just looking around. Just a little bit of rain. How fast yeah. it's all turned around. Oh, I'm hoping to mow tonight, but it might rain, it might again. rain again. I haven't had a chance. It was sprinkling oh. when I came in. My wife said, they're going to kick us out of the neighborhood if you don't mow. It was sprinkling when I came in. Yeah. Yeah, so you had a good weekend. Uh, the old Crushers had a good weekend. Yeah, I they saw ended that. Up winning, they get, uh, the, the, the They got the shit there. They got mm-hmm. the awesome. Yep. Ring. It was funny because they played. We were sitting there, and the team we played, they called Oklahoma Baseball in the finals. Uh-huh. And they had a familiar color scheme to what we have seen here lately in big-time games for Elk City. Pinstripes? Or no, white and maroon. White and maroon. Interesting. They were from Tuttle. Were they? <laughs> yeah, and I guess the 14 you played Tuttle in the finals, too, yesterday, the Outlaws. I think I saw, did they have like an O hat? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I saw a couple of those uh, yeah, boys on our side. A bunch of Tuttle yeah. guys. So anyway, that was pretty interesting that after you know the last two years in the high school ranks, that you know 14 then us at 12 both playing teams from tuttle so uh get ready <laughs> yeah it might not this thing might this just tuttle be getting Oak started City thing might, yeah it's, we're just getting started with it yeah the rings uh, uh I, I like those tournaments that give the rings those girls love yeah, well, those the, rings right those guys so the, the the other team when they sit down there and like man we're gonna get a medal that sucks i wanted a ring <laughs> so they, they gave the runner up our girls rings. oh really they gave the, oh. they, they thought and of course it could fit through their wrist mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but they were they were pretty ex- we didn't tell them we kind of knew and I, I knew like i'm not telling them we're playing for no matter what you're going to get a ring right you know i still want them to try to compete to win but they, those frowns turned upside down when, when they, they saw the bling there. That it was going to be a second place. Yeah. That's, yeah. So that, I, that's, I like it on our side then because it gives you that extra motivation. If you don't want a medal, go win a ring. Go win a ring. <laughs> yeah. They won, let's see, the 14 was second that got beat by the Tuttle team. And then uh, the Smash, the coach pitch guys. Yeah. They won. I don't know. I, I know I watched them play one inning of one game and it was just a runaway i think they ended up winning that game like 17 to 1 awesome that's great so you've got uh, a lot of fun a lot of fun times out at the fields over the weekend the one negative is if you're listening you are a scummy person for mm, breaking yeah. into a vehicle yeah that's all that that's scum and also pretty brave pretty bold to do it in broad daylight broad daylight with a vehicle on the front row facing the field is that the baseball side yeah we were trying but it to... was down the hump you couldn't see i mean you, you know what i'm saying like if you're setting watching the games mm-hmm. you can't really see mm-hmm. but yeah shame on you i hope you get caught and put in jail well i mean they allegedly went to walmart and made some oh i know they did that large purchases mm-hmm. You're gonna get caught. Yeah, that's that's you're what's going gonna catch to get you. Get caught. Yep. They so, got these little deals called cameras, and when you're swiping somebody else's card, they can go back to the timestamp and look. They and can figure this they out. They will figure out who they, you are. They could see what car you got in. They, yeah. you're going to get caught. They're on the case. And, yeah, that is scummy. I good. saw that, and, and it kind of scared me because we were there around that leaving around that time. And guess where I went? Right to Walmart after. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, funny, but. Yeah, it's scummy. It's ridiculous. I hope they get them. Yeah, I do too. Because, I mean, everything I hear when people come from out of town is how great the facilities are in Oak City and the restaurants and everything. You don't want that stain. So no, I, no. I hope they get them, and I hope we find out maybe they're not from Oak City. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe yeah, it's a stain been, on it, and also yeah. 
a, a really awesome family that you did that to. So, yeah. shame on you. Hope get you get caught. Yep, me too. And I will report it. Yeah. I might too. Just out of spite. Yeah. We got Jim Traber coming up here in about 15 minutes at 9.30. Get his thoughts on all the different topics across the sporting landscape. And there are a ton right now uh, that we can get into. Uh, man, PGA Championship, Jared. What an unbelievable event. I mean, it, it kind of had a little bit of everything. It had weather. You know, on Saturday, that just looked absolutely miserable for those guys throughout the, the start of it and most of the day. Um, and then yesterday, it was like a completely different challenge. Uh, I thought Oak Hill stood up nicely uh, to to the players. I mean, especially considering after the rain, how soft it was and how gorgeous it was yesterday. Uh, there wasn't a ton of defense. Uh, and, and, you know, some of those guys really took control. But at the end, when, when the smoke had cleared, a guy that, matter of fact, I picked as the winner was Brooks Kepka. And man, it's it's amazing kind of when you look at what he's done. It's pretty ama- it's it's all-time stuff obviously in the majors. And then but also it it felt like that that lost to Phil at Kiowa a couple years ago in the PGA. Mm-hmm. It almost felt like the Tiger YE Yang moment where Tiger had never been beaten when he led going into the last round, and then he gives that one up back in 2009. And then from there, he didn't win a major again until the Masters just a couple of years ago. You know, you saw what Kepka did at the Masters this year, taking that lead into the last round and then kind of, as he admitted, choking. Something that I don't think would have happened five years ago. I mean, you could you'd have already given him the trophy going into Sunday. But for him to turn it around and the very next chance he gets, the very next major – and do what he did on the weekend with 66-67 on a golf course that was brutal on Saturday, shooting 66. I mean, it was he, he just plowed through the field to get up there at the top. And now you look at his career in majors. He's got a 14% win percentage, which is just ridiculous. He finishes in the top three 25% of the time, 39% in the top five, half, exactly half in the top ten. Just for comparison's sake, Tiger, 16% win percentage, so just barely better. 28% top three, so just barely better. 36% top five, so worse. And 45% top ten, worse. So Kepka and Tiger, if you look at what they've done in the majors, very, very, very similar. And then Kepka becomes the 20th guy with five major championship wins. He passes Rory McIlroy, which in 2014, if you'd have told anybody – that Rory would be stuck at four in 2023. I don't think anybody would have agreed with you, but he, but he is. And Kepka's just—he's just the man, dude. He just—he's like the alpha dog out there. I think right now, if you're a betting man, you bet on him at every major until I mean, eventually you're going to get a return in investment. But he's been consistently good, and and um. You know, good for him. So, okay, moving on. Michael Block. <laughs> I mean, that's it's honestly though. That's the crazy thing is because when you when you, you look at what Kepka's done and what this means, mm-hmm. it's you know, going to be overlooked. Uh, it's yeah, be overshadowed. The twentieth yep. guy, only twenty have won five majors. He also is the first. You know what he's the first guy ever to do? What What's that? He's the first guy ever to win a major championship. Three different three major championships. In the same state, 
hmm. at different venues. That's interesting. He won the 2018 U.S. Open at Shinnecock. He won the 19 PGA at Bethpage, and then of course last uh, yesterday at Oak Hill. So three wins in, North, in uh, New York, all at different venues. Nobody's ever done that. And you're right, nobody cares. So Michael Block, everybody. <laughs> I mean, it was a pretty cool story. The first couple of days. You know, there was one point there on Friday. So he teed off late early. There's one point on Friday he was one shot off of DeChambeau's lead. And then he hits the shank that would have been out of bounds, hits the tree, and he's like at the ladies' tee in the rough on uh, number five. So he finishes even par, and you think, oh, this is a cool story. I mean, I was talking about it on Friday. Like, what el- what can you compare this to if he continues to play well? And in the back of my mind thinking, okay, yeah, whatever. I mean, we've seen this before with, like, pros, right, or mm-hmm. really cool stories. But, man, he just – about the time it looked like he was going to let go of the rope, he did something to get right back in there. And then, of course, the hole-in-one on 15. I mean, Hollywood wouldn't even write that script, you know? And, and his his reaction – and I, it was one thing because of what he is as a club pro to do what he was doing is cool, no matter who it is. But I also think his personality – really endeared himself to everybody that was watching that golf tournament and really yeah. took a liking to it. Yeah, th- that's that's immediately what I thought. It, and let me just, for preface here, to say, obviously being out on the softball field, I didn't watch a lot, but my phone, would, you know, my phone, I'm not on my phone out there all the time, but between games I'll check, see what message I missed or, or whatever. And my phone was blown up, not for Kupka, but, I mean, all caps, Michael Block, and, and all these da-da-da-da-da, and I'm like, Okay, who? Oh, that guy. What's he doing now? I, it, it was immediately after the ace, and so going back and watching and watching that hole in one, just watching all the angles and the crowd reaction and his reaction. Um, that that was what was endearing to me was I was like, he didn't know we go went in, you know. I would have reacted the same way. I would have went, ah, no way, no way that went in, no way. Then the then the walk up to the hole and the crowd just showering him with praise and it was all cool it was a cool moment uh in golf and um probably the loudest roar you heard all weekend of all sports was right there on 15 yeah and 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 i think a a big part of you know just his reactions to things his his reaction to the shank was just kind of like what was that? You know, like well, right, like you, like that came out of nowhere. I'm three, I'm three under, <laughs> yeah, yeah. with four or five holes to play here. Yeah, yeah. In my second, I could be tied for the lead. Where did that shank come from? What just happened? You know, and then, <clears throat> I mean, his his the questions he was asking. I mean, and and for rightfully so, when he gets done on Friday and he ends up even par, kind of limped it in, but he he was there. And those, you know, the guys are asking him like, "What does it feel like? You're you're six shots ahead of John Rahm, you know." And yeah. is reacting like, "What?" Like it, it's like it, <clears throat> it, it, it th- like that part of it didn't really sink into him. I mean, when they when when he found out after Saturday's round, when they say when they tell him, "Well, you know, tomorrow you're paired with Rory McIlroy," and he was just like, "Are you serious?" Like. <laughs> Please, nobody wake me up from this dream that I'm having because it is too good to be true, except for it was true. And it was just awesome. Yes, sir. I mean, because 
what other sport? What other sport could you even have this story written? It has it has a feeling like like the movie The Rookie, <laughs> like a, an older guy, or like Scott said, Tin Cup. Tin Cup, yeah, yeah, something yeah. you know, an old driving this, range pro. This all feels like it's going to be a, a Disney sports movie, <laughs> following his career and then his, then his showing this past weekend, and and the fans just loving it. So tied fifteenth. It's a great feel good story. And he had the he had the up and down on the last hole to to get into the PGA again next year, so he doesn't have to go through the the club pro qualifying like he did this year. He's just automatically into the PGA next year, and, and it just an, an absurd up and down on number eighteen from short left there. Uh, it, it's not the best a club pro's ever done. The best a club pro a club pro has ever done is twice. Tied 11th. Lonnie Nelson. Remember that name? Of course not. 1986. And uh, I didn't write down Acock. Tommy Acock in 74. Those guys both finished tied 11th. And then Block finishes tied 15th. I think this was his fifth or sixth PGA championship that he qualified for. He never made the cut. I mean, here, of course, uh, another thing that is cool about this to me, you know, we, we've seen different amateurs. Heck, we saw Sam Bennett at the Masters. You know, play really, really well. But at the end of it, you know what? There's not a check. Uh, yeah, yeah. For those guys, but there is for him because he's a he's a pro. Mm-hmm. Did you see what he made? I, I had it up. Hold on. Uh, in this one, yes. Like two two eighty eight two eighty eight yeah two hundred eighty eight thousand and so somebody did the research and figured out what his uh, rate is as far as his real job mm-hmm. for lessons yeah he'd have to give twenty three hundred of those puppies to make at his hundred and twenty five dollars an hour <laughs> to get up to the uh, two hundred eighty eight k he just made so he's a pro at uh, in Southern Cal yeah Mission Hills Mission Viejo Mission Viejo I yeah. know it very well. I know. Yeah, he's a club pro there. It's where my wife's family's at. And I guess when you when you start looking into him a little bit, I mean, he just dominates out there on the the club pro t- tournaments. Yeah, and well. in California, he's been multiple time champion and all. And all, like I said, he's played in this. He's he's made it to the PGA itself a handful of times. But yeah, that's. I mean, imagine when he goes back to the you know his real job. Imagine. How much more attention those kids and whoever else is going to pay to him now than maybe they would have a week ago? Oh yeah, the cred, the street be, cred, yeah, I is if, off the charts. Oh yeah, there's going to be a ton of people just yeah. That club now is probably I'm sure there's already a waiting list for membership, but you know I bet their phones are blowing up. Like I want to be on that. I want to be over there. I want to get a lesson from Michael Block. Yes, very cool story. Very cool. The last thing. Before we get Jim on here, does this vindicate live golf? Yeah, I saw that pop up. What does that mean? What do you, like broaden that for me? Well, I mean, the jokes wrote themselves out, uh, wrote themselves after the Masters, right? When Kepka just flamed out in the last round. Oh yeah, can't play seventy two anymore. You know, and I that see, kind of stuff. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You know, th- those jokes just literally wrote themselves, and now. I mean, those were pre-written too. You know, it was like oh, we're just sure. waiting for that to happen. 
But when you look at what happened this weekend, I mean, obviously Bryson was there too. At the top of the leaderboard all week long. Kepka. I, I don't know. I mean, it, I think it gives it more credibility. A little bit. It gives it more exposure to have a major champion on your tour. I mean, it's obviously better to have a major champion on your tour than not on your tour. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it. I don't know know that it means anything as far as you know different defections, more defections, if you want to use them. That's kind of the term that everybody's used from the PGA to the live. I think the Ryder Cup con- the Ryder Cup conversation is going to be a massive one coming up and moving forward because Brooks Koepka is going to qualify. For the Ryder Cup. Mm-hmm. With the way he's played in just two tournaments. And, and he only plays in two that count for points. Yeah. I mean, he'll play in four of them that count. But, I mean, already just playing the way he did at the Masters. And then yesterday, he's going to qualify for this team. And so that means he's going, Zach Johnson in the PGA of America is going to have to tell him he can't play. And essentially break their qualifying rules, which would be absurd. Absolutely, would be absolutely absurd for him to qualify for the Ryder Cup team and not being able to play. No matter what you think about Live, that's absurd. Yeah. Uh, back to your original question, I think it does give a little bit of brings a little bit of respect to Live Golf. Uh, I think it was happening even before this. Because of the uproar for me, when I saw it, like the Tulsa event, when it was on TV, and the uproar that they cut it to go to Family Feud, people that I mean, when that's you notice that's on, changing, they're not going to do that they're anymore. Not going to do that anymore. People were really upset, wanting to see. I, I think take away the name PGA or Live, people enjoy quality golf, and mm-hmm. and Live is getting quality golf, obviously. Yeah, quality so, players, quality players, obviously with Kupka right there, just. Taking the PGA champs. I mean, you look up, they've got 48 guys on their tour or that play each week. Three of those are in the top 10, top nine with Cam, with Bryson, and, and Brooks. And Live Golf owns two of the last three major championships with Cam back at the at the Open Championship at, at uh, a year ago. And now Brooks Kepka here. And really, probably ought to have the last three if Kepka could have just finished. I think he's an interesting story, too, because watching the full swing, the Netflix, I don't think he makes that choice if he wasn't hurt. I think he made that choice as a as an insurance policy on his health without realizing he's going to be this healthy again. Pleased to be joined now by the voice you'll hear right here on these airwaves at 2 o'clock. It is the ultimate... Jim Traver. Sure you guys been getting some rain, huh? We rain, have. Rain. And that's probably what caused this. Yeah, maybe we got water or, water or something. Yeah. Anyhow. Hey, I got some rain. We were just talking about that. The golf course out here is perfect right now, and it's amazing. You know, just 10 days ago, it looked like, golly, it's dry, and this isn't good. Now, all of a sudden, it's just gorgeous. Green. It's green everywhere. The trees are blooming. Sun is out, and people are happy. That's good, man. I know the western part of our state needed, needed some rain, so... Well, I haven't seen it yet. I guess there's more coming too. So. Yeah, the chances chances all week, uh, for sure. And and it, it's still at the point where n- no matter what anybody's plans are outside, 
they'll take the rain over yeah. being a, they'll cancel something to get some more rain right now i saw this morning yeah. a long-term forecast it's something to do i'm not a climatologist or anything but it's something to do with el nino el nino or whatever and it's kind of centralized on the western half of the state where it's going to give us a lot of rain but possible severe weather too yeah. between now and about mid-june so i'll take the yeah. rain though absolutely no absolutely. doubt about it absolutely all right jim 15 years from now when we think back about what happened at oak hill this weekend will we re- will we remember hey brooks kepka won his fifth major or will we remember some guy named michael block made an ace and, t- and finished tied 15th no i mean that was you know in sports you have things that happen all the time that are really cool and you know sometimes they're historical but this was absolutely amazing um when when you consider you know just him making the cut and then continuing on and then playing with McElroy and then the hole in one to get him back uh to even of course they didn't show his bogey and then the up and down on 18 is just amazing so that he can get in the next year and then I thought it was really really cool that he got the phone call I mean, this dude, I, I never saw, I haven't seen yet. How much money did he make? 288 grand. Oh, my gosh, man. You talk about life-changing, huh? Yeah. For a PGA professional? Oh, my gosh, that is just awesome. And, and you listen to Wilbur Fluke, man. He played really well. I mean, he really did. And, and he's been, what, seven-time PGA Player of the Year in California. I mean, so the dude can play. I was telling Julie... Um, there are dudes all over the place that can really play, but they had to give it up because they had a baby or they had, you know, had to do their life. I don't know if you guys know a guy named Tim Fleming. He, he's a, he's a head pro at Oklahoma City Golf and Country, and um, I know you do, Skinny, because yeah. you know it so closely. We played at OSU. He's a great golfer. I mean, but you know what? He got married and he he had to uh, live a real life. Because, uh, you know, how tough is it to spend money every weekend but not make any money? Right. You know, and that's kind of what those guys do. So, anyway, yeah, that was an unbelievable story, man. It really was. It was really cool. I thought he handled it really cool. And, um, yeah, I, I, I thought that was one of the greatest things in, in golf that you'll see. And, of course, uh, I was very happy because all three of the dudes that had a chance to win, I really liked. You know, I was so happy when uh, – when uh, both, you know, Rory makes a move, then he goes back, and then, and then, uh, what's his name? I can't stand uh, DeChambeau. So happy that he didn't make any kind of move. But it was a fun tournament. It was a lot of fun watching that golf. It really was. You know, Hovland gets a really bad break, fellas. Really bad break. That's all that was. Seriously. You know, the, all of them were hitting it right and left. I mean, because you know the fairways were small and it was just a tough course. But um. You know, you get where that ball gets caught. I mean, what are the chances that it gets caught there? And it just does, and that makes him, you know, he could have, I'm sure someone would say, well, he could have bogeyed. Well, yeah, he could have, but, you know, I think that he's on a nice little roll right there and gets unlucky. That's a hard deal. So I thought that Hovland represented himself well, and then, of course, Kepka is just a uh, he's just a major's machine. That's what he is. He's unbelievable. Uh, and, again, for a guy like me that can't stand all the, Curmudgeon old PGA people ripping on the Live Tour. I think it's really cool that the Live Tour is doing so well. Maybe maybe those people will shut up when they say, "Oh, it doesn't prepare you," and blah blah blah. Yeah, I guess it does. Yes, it does. 
Yeah, that's uh, kind of where I was wanting to go with the Kepka story. Real quick, I, I saw a guy did the figured out what it, what you would have to spend to get a lesson from Michael Block, and with the two eighty eight he made, he'd have to give twenty three hundred lessons at one hundred and twenty five an hour to be able to get Very to high. what he did over the weekend. That's just incredible. Uh, that's a, that was a question I have. Does this kind of vindicate Live Golf uh, when you look at the leaderboard? Three of the top nine are there with uh, with Cam. Obviously, DeChambeau and then and then Kepka, the winner. How, how much how much extra oomph does this give that tour? Well, I think that it happened at the Masters too, Skinny. Right there were three. Was it three of the top six at the Masters? Right. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it does. It obviously does. Um, you know, am, am I saying that it's going to take over the PGA Tour? No, but I do think that it uh, shows everybody that the Live Tour is for real, and these guys can play. And even though they're only playing 54 holes and they're wearing shorts and they're not doing what some of these people, these people want to do, they're, they're, they're still doing fine. They're playing enough golf. I got to tell you, I mean, if I'm somebody on the PGA Tour, I see what's happened over the, the, you know, the year that it's been going. I seriously consider going over there. I mean, you, especially if I have kids. You know, if I have children... And I'm going to spend time with my family. There's nothing better. You, you know, Charles Howell III was on my show a week before last. And uh, he basically said the same thing about how he gets to spend a bunch of time. Took his kids to Singapore and Australia. And, you know, he gets a lot of time off. So it's, it's, it's really interesting to show that there's another way. And then, you know, the people that have the, quote, the way don't like to listen to other people saying there might be another way. And now the tours had to change some things up, and uh, I think it's all good for golf. Now, there's a lot of people that don't think it's good for golf. Don't say it to Dean Blevins. Mm-hmm. But, uh, or Brandel Shambly. Yeah, Brandel Shambly. My gosh. That dude. And i got to tell you, fellas, it's hard for me to watch the golf channel. It yeah. really is, because they are so homerized towards the players. And I was going to bring up, too, the announcers. Oh. How many times are you going to see a ball, a, a punt that is like three inches right of the hole, which Skinny, you and I and all of us would think that that's a bad putt, okay? And they go, boy, well, that's a great putt. No, it isn't. It's a bad putt. No, it isn't. I had a lot yeah, of great putts on Friday then. <laughs> yeah. If he puts it in front of, if he puts it inside of 10 feet, this will be a great shot. What are you talking about? I mean, these are the best players in the world. I just I get so tired of the announcers, but again they know where their their bread is buttered, right? That's that's the whole deal. Just like the stupid golf channel, yeah. The PGA Tour pays for them to be uh, making the money that they are, so they. Uh, but I get tired of listening to them. I really do. We're hanging out with the ultimate Jim Traber. Hey, have you seen any of the full swing on, on Netflix with the golfers? I haven't seen it. No, people have told me to watch it. I have not watched it's it. A, I just start. I watched a little bit of a couple of them. One of them was with Kepka. I truly believe that he went in. The reason he went to live is because I don't think he thought he was going to be healthy ever again with the wrist, with the knee. I feel like he he used it as an insurance policy to kind of as a retirement plan almost. And now all of a right. sudden he's back to what he was. I. It's funny because. I don't believe, after watching that, I don't believe that he would have went to live golf if not for the injuries that he was sustaining at that time. It's just like the perfect storm, perfect place, and yeah. perfect time for him to go. Well, it's a smart move for him, huh? Yeah. Doesn't have to play as much, can get more rehab in. 
and gets that big sum. What do we know? How much he got? How much? Three point one five million. No, that's how much he got to go. Oh, oh, oh! Yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, I think I think it was reported back then, like a hundred. That's right. Yeah. So, um, you're going to blame somebody? You're going to rip somebody for taking a hundred million dollars, playing less, and trying to rehab their body? I mean, no, it was a brilliant deal for him, and it worked out perfectly. And um, now he's won another major, five majors, three PGAs. I mean, that's 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 in a category that's that's tough, fellas. That's a that's a big league case. Roy McIlroy is not in that daggone category. This guy's amazing. Are we on our way? I'm finding myself now, and I think the rest of the casual golf fan will go this route too, where if it's not a major, I'm watching live golf. If it's a major, I'm watching the major. Are we on our way to that? Probably not. I mean, I, I think there'll be people that watch. I mean, first of all, they've got to get off the CW. I mean, you know, they're going to have to get something that's a little bit better than that. I mean, on my streaming service, I don't even get CW. Luckily, I have also a uh, an antenna, you know, that I can get the CW. So that's not good. I mean, and I'm on Hulu, and Hulu is a big old place. So, mm-hmm. you know, they got to get they're got to get a little better there. But I don't think the PGA Tour is ever going to be second place. But it's always good. Competition is a great thing, fellas. You know, I remember when. I got fired, and we started 1340, and we were going against, you know, the big boy, the 640, uh, here in Oklahoma City. Us coming around was good for them. They didn't treat it that way because they were idiots. And I'm not talking about Al. I'm talking about the people that ran the station. They thought, oh, they'll go away. Well, no, you know what? You, you don't. When you get competition, you know what you need to do? You need to make sure that they go away. That's what you need to do. You need to make sure they go away. Or you need to make sure that you do things that are going to continue to make you better. And it took the PGA Tour a little bit to do that. And now they've done a couple things, you know, with smaller fields and all that other stuff. But, um, no, I think Liv's here to stay, but it's not going to take over. And there's room for two, you know. I'd be interested after all these dudes winning majors and doing well in majors, I wonder if they will get a better TV contract. You know, maybe someone will say yes. Maybe ABC will want to do some golf. Maybe Fox. I don't know. But I, I think that um, so far I think it's gone pretty good, you know. Yeah, $100 million for Kepka, and he's won $17 million out there already on the Live Tour, $43 million PGA Tour winning. So it's working out pretty good uh, for yeah, Brooks Kepka. <laughs> no doubt about it. All right, let's switch, uh, switch gears over to the NBA playoffs. How surprised or even shocked are you at what happened last night and what has happened in this Eastern Conference Files to look up in Miami leads Boston 3-0. I would fire Missoula the minute the season's over. I, I, fellas, I don't know about you guys, but I think he's horrible. I do. I, I mean, look, it's the players' fault, too. I understand that. But, you know, you can't fire the players. I just think that this is one of the biggest mismatches on the sidelines I've ever seen. And when you look at Missoula on the sideline and then you look at Spolstra, Bolster has a look of, oh yeah, we're you know we're gonna we're gonna find something. They're gonna do something that we know. And he's got this look like he knows that something's getting ready to happen. And uh, Missoula has the same look, only he knows it's going to happen to himself, to his team. <laughs> and and listen, that press conference that he had after the game yesterday was ridiculous. Uh, it's up to me. It's my job. Blah blah blah. I like when people take blame, but I think that he was doing that just to like. You know, I don't know. Maybe the players don't like him. I don't know what's going on. You know, he he he's terrible. 
But this is this is the situation when you get a great coach and one gamer of a of a guy and other people follow. This is what this is, guys. It really is. Boston should be embarrassed. I mean, they should be flat out embarrassed. They are definitely the most talented team, and they're going to go home again. So I, I don't know, man. I don't. I I think that Missoula. If it's me, I'm getting rid of. Him. I know it's only one year. Blah 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 blah. Whatever. He's not a very good coach, and I think that one of us could have coached him through the through the regular season. They got everything everything they need, mm-hmm. every part of the game they have, and they're uh, and they're down three zero, and they've got two losses at home. So that's that's just a thorough embarrassment. Yeah, and I th- I think you're seeing we've seen this throughout NBA playoffs, and you even mentioned Buck Showalter the other day in this vein with talking about Mark Dagnall. I think that's why you see there's certain coaches that are great at building things, and there's others you, you need a Hall of Famer almost on the sidelines when it really gets down to it in the playoffs. And Missoula's really neither one of those. Oh, he was a, he was an assistant, and I think with what happened to Udoka, they kind of panicked and just picked out a guy that they kind of liked on the sideline. No, I agree 100%. You're right. He, um, I mean, I, I'm sure he knows X's and O's and all that other stuff, but it's just, it just doesn't look good, fellas. I mean, it just does not look good at all. And um, and they're going to go home. I don't know if it's in game four. If it's in game four, it would be really embarrassing. But they're they're getting ready to go home. And I don't know. It looked to me like after they got down yesterday, fellas, it looked like they kind of quit, didn't they? Oh, yeah. You just hear Shaq when they first started that show inside the NBA. He asked Gurney, well, Boston quit. Can we? <laughs> right as the show started, so uh, they kind of had the same opinion. Is this the is not only on the on the sideline coaching wise, but is this the end of this team as far as the way that they have built this version of the Boston Celtics with the, the Tatum and Brown combination? Is this the end of that? And if so, we've talked about it on this show. Man, wouldn't Jalen Brown look really, really nice alongside Shea Gildas Alexander and the rest of the Oklahoma City Thunder? Well, first of all, Jalen Brown would look good next to anybody. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I just don't think that the Thunder are going to make a big move like that. Um, but I don't. You know, this is one of those deals where I don't, I don't think it should be the end of it. I mean, I think they've done a pretty good job of playing together. They're not losing because they're not playing together. They're losing because their superstars not doing a daggone thing for a lot of the time, and um, I don't think the coach. I don't think he has any idea how to adjust. I don't think he has any idea how to like put in a lineup and change things up. You know, that's one of the big things for a coach. It doesn't matter how good the players are that are on the floor if the lineup's not working. Tweak it, you know. And I just don't think he does that. I don't. I don't. I, I just. I don't like the way he coaches. I don't. I've seen some of these other guys in the playoffs, like Darvin Ham. I don't think I don't think it's coaching with him. You know, I think he's made a couple moves. I think he knows what he's doing. I think Missoula. Of course, I'm gonna I'm gonna blame the co- the players too, obviously. But I just I don't think he's any good, fellas. I really don't. Who's freaking out more, the the Lakers, the Celtics, or the NBA execs who thought they were going to get a Lakers Celtics finals? Yeah, I think the networks yeah. probably. <laughs> yeah. The networks are the ones that are probably not real happy. But I think the Celtics are they've got to be disgusted, you know. Um well they four and five at home. Is that what they are? I think they're four and five in the playoffs at home. How do you do that? Um they're just you know, they and then with Milwaukee getting beat, it opened up for them, you know. 
and and now they're going to go home. So I give credit to Miami. I did pick Miami at the beginning of the season to go to the final. Of course, I changed the pick, so I'm not going to take credit for it. But I'm telling you, dude, when you, you know, fellas, when you've got when you've got a coach like Spolstra, who I think right now is the best coach in the league, I really do. And you you throw in a gamer like Jimmy Butler. I mean, you know, nobody ever talks about him. Somehow he made second team All NBA, and um, and then you got other dudes that are just stepping up. You know, they're playing, they're doing their jobs, and then they play defense and they let the other team make mistakes. I mean, it's just it's this is just a clinic. After it's over, with Missoula should walk up to Spolster and say, "Hey, you got some time for me in the off season? Maybe you should teach me what the heck I'm doing." Because this is that's what this is. This is like teacher versus student. That's what this is. Yeah, when you look up and Gabe Vincent, Duncan Robinson, and, and Martin are what to, to, to fifteen of twenty three from three. Uh, those you know, yeah. even Jimmy Jimmy Butler finally had kind of an off or really an off game for him in these playoffs, and it didn't matter. They, they just still whipped them. I think it was the biggest defeat that an eight seed had ever put on anybody in the playoffs last night uh, at one twenty eight one oh two. Uh the other series and, and you know what? Good. And I was just going to say, you know, real quick, you know what? You, I forget what I was going to say. Go ahead. It was good, though. So, sorry about that. It was really, really good. Uh, in the other series, I think you've, it's not as surprising, uh, obviously, that Denver's got a commanding lead. I, I love that they got another chance because you think about the bubble and, you know, who was watching, who wasn't, but now that it's kind of back to normal and just get to, to get to see how much Jokic has gotten better since the bubble – uh, conference finals against the Lakers. Jamal Murray's back healthy. I'm just glad that the whoever is watching is getting to see what this Denver Nuggets team should have been without some injuries to Jamal Murray over the last couple of years. I don't know. I mean, fellas, I don't know about you guys, but I, I think the Lakers are in pretty good shape. I mean, I do. I think, uh, oh, I'm sorry. That's all I heard after game one. Remember, oh, they're in great shape. Really? Why? I mean, I, I love it when I'm right, you know? I really do. And and I said right after the game, everybody's talking about the Lakers. Oh, and that stretch that they have. What about the stretch that Denver had? I mean, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Look, Denver, Al Espich's been saying this now, they're the best team in the league. That's what they are. And they're unbeatable at home. And I and this altitude thing is for real. So I, the Lakers look worn out, fellas. Do they not? Yeah. I mean, they look, they look worn out. LeBron, his age is finally messing with them. And I'll tell you this, um, LeBron is one of the top, well, I think he's number two, but he's one of the top five players of all time. No one can argue that. But there's no one who can say to him, LeBron, stop shooting the three. Does he not remind you so much of, uh, of Dort? Think about it. When Dort hits his first or second three, as a Thunder fan, don't you go, oh, no. <laughs> Here we go. He's going to shoot eight or nine today. Same thing with LeBron. LeBron made a couple early, and it was like, okay. I actually, I've been rooting for Denver. I want Denver. When he hit a couple threes, I thought to myself, that's good. I'm glad he hit a couple threes. Because you know what? He's not going to go seven for 11. He's not that guy. Great shooters go seven for 11. After you make a couple, bad shooters go three for 10. That's what happens. And that's what he is. He's a terrible three-point shooter. And he just... He took two threes in this series, one in Denver and one in Los Angeles, fellas, that were so ill-advised that if he'd have been a second-year player, the coach would have taken him out of the game. If you remember, they're coming down the floor at, in Denver. I think it's one-point game, and he just pulls up, you know, boom, misses it. Denver goes down, scores, down. 
And then he did the same in, in Los Angeles. He's not Steph Curry, okay? He's not even Isaiah Joe. <laughs> it, it's, it's just bad. And again, I'm not going to only blame him, but I give so much credit to Denver. I said before the series that it wasn't going to be the two big boys for both teams. It was going to be three through eight. And although it's not totally true, I do think three through eight for Denver has played. I mean, what about Bruce Brown? Huh? What about that guy? You know, and then Porter at times. Aaron Gordon looks lost at times, but he's done some things here and there. So I just think that, you know, their players, you know, that, that aren't the superstars have played better than the non-superstars for the Lakers. And then, of course, Murray is just amazing. That first quarter he had was, well, that was Michael Jordan-esque is what it was. You know, those are games like Jordan and Kobe scored 70. And Jokic didn't play that great of a game, but when it was all said and done, he did some things at the end, you know. So it's just, they're good, man. They're really, really good. And Miami, I can't wait. I actually would much rather watch a team run with them. But I want to see the, the difference in, in, you know, styles, right? Miami's going to want to slow it down and play defense, and Denver's going to want to run. I think Denver will beat them, but Miami's amazing. They really are. So, um, And I just love it for Jokic, I do, because so many people, including, you know, Perk and others, just continue to take shots at the guy. And all he does is just run up down the floor and play basketball, doesn't he? I mean, how about the faces he makes? Like, you would think that he's, like, walking in the park, you know? I, I just love the guy, and I think Malone is a great coach. See, Spolster will be the better coach against them, but he's not going to out-coach him, like, you know, you know 10 to 1, like, they're, like he's doing now. Because Malone can coach. So, uh, yeah, I don't know how long it's going to take. It could be over in the next couple days. But, uh, yeah, I, I think Boston is uh, a total embarrassment. And I think the Lakers are what they are, fellas. Yeah. Right? I mean, they're not. I mean, it's a nice story with Austin Reeves and you know some of these other guys, but they were the seventh seed, and uh, they're probably they probably should have been about a four seed. And Denver's the best team in the league. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting because I'm, I'm looking. Uh, the Heat would be only the third team in NBA history as the lowest points per game throughout the regular season and make it to the finals. It hasn't happened since 1964 and the Warriors and the Pistons did it in 56. And so I, and and Denver was the best offense in the league. So I wonder if we've ever seen that, that matchup with the best offense against the worst offense in the NBA finals, at at least points per game. Here's the the problem for Miami. How are they going to cover Jokic? What Adebayo, what do you think he is? Six, eight. Yeah, and not near strong enough looking. No, who's going to cover Jokic? <laughs> yeah. They got no chance against Jokic. Now, I will tell you this: Spolster will come up with something fun. There's no doubt. Spolster will mess with him. You know what Spolster will do? He'll do what Ham did. Only he will wait until the fourth quarter. You know what I'm saying? That's what Spolster is. You know when when Ham put. Uh, Hachimura on and messed with Jokic, and they, you know, they ended up at least coming back. Something for him right away. They'll switch dudes back and forth and double him, and they'll do all that stuff. The problem is, is that I, I didn't even mention Caldwell Pope. How valuable is he, fellas? Mm-hmm. Would you take him on your team? Wow, I mean, he is so good on both sides of the ball. He's covering LeBron, guys. He was covering LeBron and knocking down three. 
he might be the most valuable, you know, unknown player in the league. It was a great pickup for them. Great pickup. Uh, real quick for me, uh, have you been watching? Did you watch any of the softball over the weekend? I think the, I shock, the shocker was UCLA getting eliminated, right? Yeah, I didn't know that, and I heard you say that this morning. I didn't know that they got eliminated because I'm not watching all of it. But I watched OU and OSU. All you got to do is watch OU for like two innings and then turn the <laughs> That's channel. That's it. So, oh, yeah, if you tune in after that, you missed it. <laughs> yeah. They actually gave up some runs. What's wrong with them? Yeah. Um, I was really happy for Kenny Gajewski. Matter of fact, I'm going to get him on the air this week. He's had a tough stretch. But, you know, he just kept saying, you know, he just kept saying, boy, we're, uh, you know, I, I like where we are and we're learning from this. And then you think to yourself, get out of here, dude. Come on, man. You're just being Mr. Positive, right? But, it, I mean, there it is. You know, you know how many people, I just, I can't believe I'm telling you this. It's unbelievable that I'm admitting this. But I went online and I looked at, like, the predictions yeah. for people that, um, that follow softball. Do you know, I think I saw five people predict on softball. You know that three of them predicted uh, Wichita State to win the region? Yep. Three of them. And I guarantee you, when I talk to Kenny Gajewski, I'm going to bring that up. I'm going to say, did that give you any motivation? And he'll say no, and I'll go, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because you know it did. You know it did. So, yeah, and then they uh, they, they make a little comeback uh, very nicely against uh, Nebraska. Was it Nebraska? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah it yeah. was. Yeah, Nebraska, yeah, Nebraska. And uh, and get in. And who do they play now? Oregon? Is that who they play? Yes. Okay, well. Look, they got, they're going to be coming to Stillwater, so let's see what they can do. We already know who you play. I don't even know who you play. They, get, play. they get Clemson. Uh, sorry about your luck, Clemson. Their <laughs> yeah, fans were very vocal about midway through the season claiming that they were better than OU. They get uh, a chance to prove it. Now they got a chance here. Yeah, good. Just, you know what? Uh, I, if I'm the Clemson fan, I'd just like to see them not get run rolled. That would be my <laughs> deal. Just, just try to play them close, so. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, it's amazing, huh? I told Patty Gasser when she had her, we had her on at 4 o'clock last week, I said, can you, is it not unbelievable that we're talking softball at number f- at 4 o'clock and the number one show in the entire state? I mean, is that crazy? Yeah, softball. Last thing, with the NBA playoffs, especially this round, being such a dud, what a perfect time for people, and we've implored people to watch the NHL, NHL playoffs. And what a perfect time for the for all four games so far to go into at least one overtime. It, dude, listen to me. There's nothing better. The only thing's better is when it's game seven. Mm-hmm. How about the four overtime game? I remember when I was in Rochester, New York. Believe it or not, isn't that crazy? And I was playing baseball up there, and the and I was a, I was kind of a, a I was a Penguins fan, but I kind of liked the Capitals a little bit, and because I was from down there, and um. There was this bar up in Rochester that was known as, quote, the hockey bar. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I, this is so long ago, this had to be in 1980, maybe 87. And um, we went, me and some of my boys on the team went, they were hockey fans. We went to watch, it was, I think it was the Capitals and the Rangers, I think. And we, the bar closed down. They let us stay because it was like five over. <laughs> it was like the, at the time the longest game in history. And I'm telling you, man, there's nothing better. So you're right. I, 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 I love that you bring it up. And by the way, the Panthers are an eight seed, right? Yeah. And, and Miami's an eight seed. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> Both of them got a chance to go to the finals. That's just crazy. Good stuff. And by the way, before we go, I know we got to go, but yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't want to let you OU fans. Uh, <laughs> I didn't want you guys. 
without going with that big big league spanking that the OSU boys put on. I just thought I'd let you know in baseball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had to throw that out. Uh, oh, that happened. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. It, uh, OSU ended up splitting the regular season Big 12 title. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Three-way. Although, I saw, I'm saw, i watching on Instagram, and they're showing the trophy. I wouldn't have taken it. I, I don't believe in that. West Virginia beat us, so we didn't beat – we're not ahead of them. I know it's three-way, but that's just – the Big 12 tournament so, this week, is that right? Yeah, this week. And it's yeah, OU-OSU again for opening round. That's right. Right yeah. off the bat, OU and OSU. So, um, yeah, Skip Johnson's team's just uh, a little bit young. and uh, But uh, they got a couple kids that can play. But o- OSU, I'm telling you, if they get pitching, fellas, they'll play with people. If they get pitching, because they can hit. You see that Schubert? Any of y'all watch that Schubert kid? Oh, my yet? gosh. That dude Dude's is good. unbelievable. Yeah, he is. He is one of those dudes that uh, used to play at OSU. That's what I'll tell you. He is up there with the. I'm not saying he's going to be as good as these guys, but he's up there with the Inkies and the Venturas and the Bernitzes. I mean, he he is that type of guy. I mean, he's a true freshman. He's lighting it up now. Inky's the best college player of all time, and Ventura, I think, is second. And no, I'm not even being biased on that. Okay, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was. That was fun, and uh, we'll see. We'll see where they go. I think they're peaking at the right time and getting Nolan McLean back. So we'll we'll see what happens. That's they, honestly, they kind of remind you a little bit of what we saw from OU last year, except Wait, their pitching. That's right, except for the pitching. But I'll tell you what, the Watts Brown kid, if he gets his arm back, he's really good, and Nolan McLean looks really good mm-hmm. back, and then the kid they stole from uh, OU to the portal. He's been pitching well. so And then they got a decent bullpen. They just got to stop those games where they give up like nine runs. You know what I'm saying? Because this offense will score on anybody. Just if OSU, um, this will blow your mind, because uh, they got shut out in game two. But if OSU, if their pitching gives up five runs a game, they'll have a chance to go to Omaha. Yeah. That's <clears> the <throat> truth. That's how good this offense is. I, 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 it's mind-boggling it's almost like they got too cocky for game two but um yeah i can't wait man i uh i think job people people ask me should they fire rob walton and josh Holland? i'm like people are crazy man and by the way i will i'll come on the air today and say that joe Missoula will be fired but i'm letting y'all know ahead of time and i said this on the air and people can get upset if they want i will never ever ever go on the air and say that josh holiday should be fired unless he does something you know you know salacious or so you know what i'm saying right but i i, I mean i i rocked his little brother to sleep when he was a baby uh i can promise you this i am not going to ever say that and people that are saying it now are idiots this program's in good shape it's hard to get to the big level so let's see let's see what they do in the next few years last thing real quick uh, this morning uh carmelo anthony announces his yeah. retirement uh, just give us your thoughts on on his career and what he was oh just one of the best scorers of all time and I really have started to like him a lot more, especially after I read that whole stuff about uh, about when John Morant, you know, when John Morant had those problems, and he said what he said about his friend uh, who was in prison or was in jail, and he and David Stern talked to him and said, "Dude, if you want to be with us, you need to be with us." And he went down and he bailed the guy out of jail, and I think he get was it fifty thousand. I, I think know you that's right. Yeah, I gave think him fifty thousand dollars and said, "Listen, pal, we're not going to be friends anymore, but do something good with this." And I, I really respect that. And John Moran needs to do the same. Don't think he will. But, um, yeah, that I, he really, I've, I've gained a lot of respect for Carmelo. Great basketball player. 
his time with the Thunder wasn't the best, but hey, he was old, right? Mm-hmm. And then he came back and played a couple more years and was good. So uh, he had a great career. He's a guaranteed Hall of Famer. Never forget him dominating the Big 12 in the NCAAs. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah, he beat every school, right? <laughs> yeah. OSU, OU, Kansas, he beat everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah on the run to the national title. Is, Jim, is, is he by the first... way, was it the Big 8 or was it the Big 12? It was, it was, still, it was a 12. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was a long okay. time ago. <laughs> it was a long time ago. You're right. Final question. Is he a first-round, first-ballot Hall of Famer in your eyes? Should be, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, when you know, what? what's the number one thing to do in basketball? Put the ball in the basket. And he did it up there in the top. What is he? I don't know what he's in scoring. Do you know what he's in scoring? Yeah, I was just top six or seven. Is that what he is? He's way there? up there. Yeah, I think. I think. I'm almost positive he's top ten. So yes, if you're a top ten scorer in a league that's about scoring, yes. Yeah, you ninth. Should be. No, no. What, what number is he? Ninth. Okay, so yeah, so number nine. Yeah, he he should be. Now there'll be people that vote against him. I mean, we all know that they didn't like him or whatever. But yeah, he should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. All right, Jim, uh, what's coming up on the podcast today? By the way, I, I finally got around to listening to, to Al. and, and that two part. Oh, my gosh, it was awesome. And some of the stories we'd heard, some of them we hadn't. But just the rapport that you guys have uh, for the, all those years of working and then to put Julie in the mix, it was, it was phenomenal. It was, it, it, was, it, was, yeah. it was probably an hour and a half worth on the two, and it felt like it took ten minutes to listen to it. It was so much fun. I, I appreciate that. I thought it was great. And, we you know, we really do – we're kind of amazing, man, being, being, being around each other as long as we have, and we really don't ever fight, man. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, Julie and I fight more than me and Al do. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, he was great. This one we did today um, was, um, gosh, we just did it, too. We, we've been so messed up. We, we, we talk a little bit about the, um, about the uh, accident a little bit more kind of on that, and we talk about, uh, we did our mothers uh, last week. And this week, uh, what do we? I'm so bad, fellas. It's really good, though. I remember it was really, really good. Um, you'll like it, I promise. Listen, everybody, listen. Julie and Jim Traver podcast. My mind is just totally gone. I don't know what to tell you. We do tell some nice stories about some things that have happened to us here lately, including one about hand sanitizer. That's really funny. You'll need to go listen to. It. All right, man. Thanks so much for joining us. I uh, hope uh, Julie gets feeling better, and uh, glad that you guys are okay, and and all the rest of that stuff will just take care of itself. Have you the one you always been in a car accident? I actually, um, yeah, I, I, have. I have. I actually, when I was in high school or college, maybe I was going to work, and I actually hit a pedestrian. That's the only thing I've ever done. Uh, just barely. Bu- I mean, it wasn't bad, but I know. This- this is this thing is amazing. Uh, I'm, I've I've never seen like it. We're coming up on two weeks away, you know, two weeks out, and uh, I mean, I I'm still waking up in pain. Julie's still in pain. I mean, I just I've never seen it like it. It's just it's terrible. So I I can't imagine these people that get in accidents that are going seventy miles an hour and eighty miles an hour. And, wow, it, it is just it's really bad. So I mean, God was good to us as far as nothing major, major, but. It is it is a tough situation. So please pray for Julie, especially. Yeah, it. there's no sickening, more sickening feeling. I got got a text from our mutual friend Jeremy saying, "Hey man, Trevor is in a car wreck. Get, put him in your prayers." I'm like, "Is he okay? Is he okay?" And yeah, so uh, we've been praying for you. And, and uh, thank you. And J- Jeremy had a horrible yeah. accident. Yeah, yeah, a little while ago. Right. Yep. All right, fellas, we're really, 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 really late. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no worries, man. Hey, thanks for joining us. We'll uh, we'll be listening to it too. Okay, see you, fellas. All right, Bye. see you later. The ultimate Jim Traber joining us here on a Monday.
I don't think it can be overlooked, the wizardry that I performed there to get him on the air. I don't know what you did, but you did it. Good job. The only thing I know Write how to, it down the, so you know next hey, time. Hey, listen, it's the only thing I know how to do with any of this stuff. <laughs> Unplug it and plug it back in. <laughs> That's right. That's all I did. You didn't have to call the support line to nope, get that advice. Nope. Hit the buttons a couple times. <laughs> oh, that's not it. Unplug it and plug it back there in. Bammo. <laughs> right on the air. Well, that's when you know we had a very busy sports weekend when we have to go overtime like that. Oh, yeah. There's a lot to talk about. Yeah, we didn't even get to everything. No, no, we didn't. All right, everybody have a great Monday. We'll be back. Rehash everything tomorrow. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cow. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way.